Thanks for listening to the Courageous Church Podcast. We want you to know that wherever you are, God is with you. We hope this message leaves you feeling loved, encouraged, and courageous. We thank you for tuning in. Courageous Church, courageous people. And now, here's today's message. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome, 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 finally, to Courageous Church. This is our digital campus, and we're so excited to welcome you in because God is up to something at this church. We want you to find out more information about us by going to our website. You might be on our website watching now or on YouTube, on social media, but make sure you go to courageouschurch.online to find out more about this great church. Listen, I'm excited to have you guys with me today because we're starting a three-part series called Trifecta. We'll be digging into the life of Joseph in our foundational scripture for Courageous Church, which is Joshua chapter one, verse nine. Before we get into that, I just want to set this up by giving you guys some context, okay? So I grew up in a city called Dallas, all right? Dallas, Texas is known for a lot of great things. We're known for barbecue, we're known for cowboys, and we're known for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, before you start hating, because I know either you absolutely love the Cowboys or you absolutely hate them, before you hate or start hating, okay, realize, number one, that I am from Dallas. I was born and bred there. And number two, I was messed up because in the 90s, they won three Super Bowl championships. Yep, I remember the parades. I was there for every part of it. I saw it happen. It was absolutely amazing. They had these three dudes that they had on the team, okay? They had this guy named Troy Aikman from UCLA. You might've heard of him, okay? They had this guy named Michael Irvin, okay? He was from Miami. And then they had this guy named Emmett Smith from the University of Florida. And when these three dudes came on the team, it changed everything. They went from being a losing organization to a winning organization in the 90s. And these three guys played a huge role in this team winning three championships. That's why we're having this series called Trifecta, because as we get into talking about the life of Joseph in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, we're going to see three things that we're going to track over the next three weeks that I want you to pay close attention to. All right, everybody, turn to Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. That's where we're going to have our assignment here, and we're going to jump into this thing. It's going to be real good. Just hold on here. Let me find where I need to be. There we go. I brought my big Bible out for you guys today. All right, so Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. We're going to get there, but we'll start at verse 1 first. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I will give to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given you. As I have said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. So good. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous for this people you shall divide as an inheritance to the land which I swore to your fathers to give to them. Only be strong and courageous. That's twice now that you may observe to do according 
to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from the right hand or to the left hand that you may prosper wherever you go. Verse eight, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Here it is, guys. Verse nine, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then the next verse, verse 10, this is where we're landing. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourself. For within three days, you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is given to you to possess. Okay. I want to talk to you guys for the next few minutes, if I can, about walking in obedience. As you back up and look at this ninth verse, it says, for I have commanded you be strong and courageous. I want to deal with this for I have commanded you part first before we get into the strong and courageous, because I believe before you can be strong and courageous, before you can go in and possess whatever God has called you to possess, I really think you need to, you need to be a specialist in obedience. You need to Understand what God is expecting from you and know how to pursue what God has for you. I think many times we get carried away about the assignment itself, but we miss the details in between to make sure we understand how to get where God wants us to be. Okay, so here we are in the book of Joshua. It's a great book, uh, but there's a lot that's happened before then. There's this dude, okay, this dude, this, this, this stuttering wonder, this amazing pastor, this incredible leader, this uh, uh, unbelievable mentor named Moses, okay? Moses was the man. Moses was a bad mama jamma. Moses was born in Egypt amongst the Egyptian people, but he was an Israelite himself. When he saw that the people were being oppressed, Moses says, I got to do something about this. I can't just stand here any longer. I can't watch the people be oppressed any longer. And Moses does something. He does the unthinkable. He slays a man for hurting his people and he's run out of town, but he was run out of town on purpose. And as he was there on the backside of the desert, he had a meeting with God himself through the voice of a burning bush. Moses, we all know, he says, take off your sandals for the place you stand is holy ground. And the voice of God speaks to Moses and Moses comes from the burning bush and he goes into, into Egypt and he commands Pharaoh to let my people go. You guys have heard the story. I need you to understand the significance of who Moses was, because when you understand the significance of knowing who Moses was, it helps to frame this situation because Moses was large and in charge. Moses was the man of the hour. There was no one greater amongst the children of Israel than Moses himself. And here is his understudy, Joshua, standing at attention, watching every miracle, watching the water come out of rocks, watching quail fall from the sky. I'm telling you, Joshua had a first class seat to watch every miracle performed by this great leader 
leader named Moses. And now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Moses, my servant, is dead. Can you imagine what must have gone through Joshua's mind knowing that his great leader, the great leader of all of Israel, is no longer there to lead the people. And now God puts the responsibility of being the next generation leader for the children of Israel. And not only the next leader of the children of Israel, the one that would take them into the promised land. Sheesh. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a lot of pressure. That sounds like a lot of stuff that I've seen. I've watched another generation leader do it before, and now it's my turn. You want me to jump in that seat and do this? I understand now why God said three times in the first chapter, be strong and courageous, because Joshua's going to need a lot of strength, and Joshua's going to need a lot of courage to be the type of leader that God wanted him to be. But like I said, before we get to this strong and courageous portion of this, I want to focus really in on the A part of Joshua chapter one, verse nine. It says, for I have commanded you. What does that mean? That means that God said something before he gave him the command to be strong and courageous. That means that there were some very specific details that he was speaking to Joshua about what he needed to accomplish as the next generation leader. You see, my friend, before we can do what God called us to do, we really have to be able to hear what he has to say, okay? So if you're taking notes, I want you to write three great points down on walking in obedience because we gotta make sure we get this thing down. As we get started on the faith journey, as we get started on being good husbands, good wives, as we get started at just being good civilians, good people, we have to understand that there is this thing called obedience that is greater than any other thing that we could do. Before we step into the role, we must be able to obey what he said to do so we can do it the way God wants it done. So. If we're going to do that, there are three things to keep in mind when walking in obedience. Number one, you ready? You got to learn the voice of God. Learn the voice of God. God speaks in a few different ways. And I want you to understand that this is so good. The plan that God has for your life is so important, is so valuable, it is so absolutely comprehensive that God cannot allow you to do your life without him speaking directly to you about how to do your life. God is always speaking to us about how we're supposed to fulfill the purpose by which he's created us for. See, and he's going to speak to us. He's going to make sure we have those directions. He's going to make sure we have the GPS coordinates. He's going to make sure we know exactly where we should be. The question is, are we listening enough to be able to hear his voice so that we can understand his command? Okay. This is how you learn the voice of God. You learn the voice of God through the Bible. Okay. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. I heard some of y'all say Bible. <laughs> some of y'all went to Sunday school. The Bible is the word of God. 
It is his word on pages. It is him speaking directly to us. I love the Bible because all of it is true. I love the table of contents and the maps in the back. All of it is true. Everything that he has to say in this book has something to do with your life. Do you understand that every word that God has spoken has something to do with the direction by which he's called you to? So oftentimes when you open this book called the Bible and you start reading through it, God will speak to you from the pages and he will say something to you and he will confirm something to you and he'll reveal something to you and he'll show you something and he'll teach you some things and he'll show you some things that you did not know of because the the, the word of God is going to bring life into your spirit and it's going to show you how to live your life. God speaks through his word. That's one way. Another way that God speaks is through spiritual authority. Yes, spiritual authority is another way that God speaks to us. Do you remember the story about Eli and Samuel? You see, Eli was the was the man of God. He was starting to grow older in age and Samuel was the one that was going to be trained and he was the understudy and, and, and he was there one night sleep. He and Samuel and Eli, they were asleep and, and, and a voice started to speak to Samuel. And, and as the as the voice spoke to Samuel, it, it called his name and he gets up from his sleep two times asking Eli if he called his name. He says, no, I didn't call your name. Go back to sleep. After that second time, something happened. Eli says, wait a minute. If you hear your name called again, I want you to say, Lord, it is I. So now what happens is Samuel understands that God is now speaking to him, but he didn't understand that until spiritual authority confirmed it for him. You see, oftentimes the voice of God will come and 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 the way of a spiritual leader or a spiritual mentor, someone who is spiritual that has been placed in your life to lead, to speak into you, to pour into you right here at Courageous Church. There is a spiritual leader that God has put in your path to speak to you. And oftentimes it will confirm some of the things as it relates the, to the direction and the obedience that God wants you to walk in as you do that. See, God is going to speak to you through leadership as well. Spiritual authority is very important. And then last but not least, God will speak to you by way of the Holy Spirit. Okay. The, by way of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a beautiful, 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 beautiful part of the Godhead. He lives inside of all of us when we accept Jesus Christ. And he lives there to make sure that we do everything in alignment with the will of God for our lives. So here's, here's something is I, cause I just, sometimes, you know, Folks can kind of get kind of weird about this Holy Spirit thing. And I just want to just give you some confirmation that how you know if it's the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says this. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will never speak of anything that is not of what Jesus has said or done. If the Holy Spirit is telling you something, it's always going to be saying things that has already been said by Jesus, that has already been done by Jesus or that you can find in Scripture. Okay. 
If someone tells you that the Holy Spirit said something that's for you and they can't define it in the Bible, it may not be the Holy Spirit because everything the Holy Spirit does is always going to be in alignment with God's word. So if God said it, then he said it in his word because the Holy Spirit will never say anything that's just new or pull something out of the sky. He's always revealing what has already been said so that you can stay on the path of obedience towards the purpose by which God has called you to. Real good stuff. All right, let's keep going. Point number two, okay? If we're going to walk in obedience, you got to write down what he speaks to you. Hello, okay? How often do we not write down the instructions? Are, are you like me? Are, are you like me? Do you like to, to try to figure it out in your head if somebody tells you how to get to somewhere? Okay, I know that street. I know that place. I know how to go that way. Yeah, I've been there before, and you didn't write down the instructions on how to get there? <laughs> Listen, you're in trouble when you get on the road and you don't have directions. See, this is what happens when you don't write things down. See, God is always speaking. The question is, is are we listening and are we writing it down? Habakkuk 2 and 2 says, write the vision and make it plain so they that read it can run with it. So you want to always write down what you hear God speaking to you. If it's a dream, wake up and get a notepad and write out what he said. See, because you want to be able to refer back to what he said. See, because oftentimes some things can be changed or the enemy will try and come along and change or distort just one little small part of what God has spoken to you about your future or about your destiny or about being obedient. And he'll just change one little small thing like he did when he slivered into the Garden of Eden in the book of Genesis. And he says to Eve, did God, did God really say that? Did he say that? Did he really tell you that thou shalt die? Did he really say that? See, the, the enemy knows how to put salt in the game. The enemy knows how to come in and try to distort what God is saying. He, the enemy likes to try and take God's word and twist it. And just a little bit, he'll make it sound real close to what's right. But if you don't write things down about what God has spoken to you, it's very easy for you to be sidetracked by something else that is shiny, that is shimmery, that will come along. See, you got to write it down so that when you look at it, you can refer back to it. You got to write it down so when the enemy comes against you and you get through, you're going through all types of issues or situations or circumstances that you can refer back to what he said to you. My question to you is, do you remember the last thing that God said to you? And if you can remember the last thing that God said to you, I promise you, you're on the road to being obedient. You're on the road to moving towards the direction that God has for your life. You got to write it down. You should be writing something down now. You should be writing down point number two as I'm telling you to write it down, because when he speaks, his voice is so important. What he says is so unique. What he says to you is so powerful that you don't want to forget what he said, because in troubled times, you're going to need to refer back for strength, for encouragement, for joy. You're going to need what he said. So make sure you write it down. And number three, we got to know how to walk in obedience. And the only way we're going to do that is, is this third point as well. We got to trust in God's timing. <laughs> I said that slow because I want you to catch it. We must trust in God's timing. Okay. Oftentimes God will speak to us about our future, about something he wants to do in our lives about something great that he wants us to accomplish. And sometimes he will give us snapshots of where we're going later. He will give us 
a, a glimpse of where he's taking us. And then he will allow us to go through a process to get to that finished picture that he showed us. Okay. Don't believe me. Let's go ask this dude named David. Okay. Y'all know David. David's in the Old Testament. I love David so much. I named my son after him. I got a son named David as well. David was anointed to be king amongst all of his brothers. He was forgotten about in the field. And all of a sudden, Samuel calls him in, pours this horn of oil over his head. The oil flows on him and him alone, not the other brothers. And he is anointed to be the next king of all of Israel. Okay. Age 15, can you imagine how excited he must have been to be the king of all of Israel? I'm sure he was fearfully excited, but he was probably really, really excited that he probably didn't have to go back into the field. But 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 the boy went back into the field after he was anointed. The boy was called to the battlefield to carry cheese and bread for his brothers after he was anointed. Okay. The boy was called in to play the harp for Saul after he was anointed. You see, there was a process that David has to go through before he gets to this place, before he gets to this, this, this finished work that God had for him, before he got to being the king that God anointed him to be at 15. I think it was something like 15 years that David had to wait for the manifestation of what God showed him about his future. See, you got to be able to, to, to trust in God's timing because oftentimes he will anoint us for something that he will appoint us for later. Sheesh. Yeah. I feel that with somebody that's watching right now, you've been frustrated. You've been stuck in a particular season and you feel like God has forgotten about you. You feel like God has left you. You feel like that God has neglected you. I'm here to tell you that you just need to trust in God's timing because God's timing is perfect. He's got you right where he wants you. He has you right where he needs you. You need to develop. You need to go through the process. See, there's this whole thing. See, this just happens time after time in the Bible. There's a guy named Joseph and his brothers hated him and despised him. And he was revealed that he was going to be the next. He's going to be the next person in charge of all of his family. And they pushed him into a pit after his dreams. He had two dreams of being large and in charge. He had two dreams about his finished work, about what God was calling to do. But yet he had to go through a pit because sometimes pit just happens. <laughs> what can I say? He was pulled out of the pit and sold into Potiphar's house where he had to learn how to be a servant. And then he was taken from there to be put in prison. And then eventually someone remembered Joseph and called him to the palace to discern a dream of the Pharaoh. And then he steps into purpose. You see, you must trust God's timing. 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 That's what you have to do if you're going to be obedient. And if you're going to walk in the obedience that God has called you to, you got to slow your pace, boo-boo. I know you want this to happen faster. I know you want this thing to break loose. I know that you thought that this was going to happen instantaneously. But can I tell you, God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. See, we're talking about this dude named Joseph. We're talking about this dude named David. But we're really talking about this dude named Joshua. But are we really talking about you? You see... God has some things that he wants to do in your life. God has some things that he's going to do in your life. And your ability 
to be strong and courageous is contingent upon your ability to hear what he has directed you to do first before you step into strength and before you step into being courageous you gotta know what he has spoken for you to do how to do it when to do it where to do it write it down understand clearly what god is expecting from you because you don't want to end up like king saul who god clearly spoke to and told him exactly what he wanted him to do as king and he goes and he breaks one law he carries something back that he shouldn't have carried back he did something that god didn't tell him to do and because of one act of disobedience from what god spoke to him he lost his kingship and now david is anointed to be the next king there's some things in your life that god is preparing you for that i want you to make sure you're walking in obedience to what he's spoken over your life so you can become all that God wants you to be. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for my brothers, my sisters. I thank you for people watching abroad, and I thank you for people that are watching here in Tampa. Thank you for my people that are watching on Facebook or YouTube or watching on our website. Father, I pray right now that this message would penetrate the hearts of those who needed to hear it. I thank you that nothing happens on accident. I thank you that you didn't speak this word, you didn't give us this word to share so that it would fall on deaf ears. Father, I pray that you would make the ground of their heart fertile enough to receive the seed of this word about walking in obedience. I pray God that as they walk in obedience, that you would cause good things to happen. I thank you for the plan that you have for them. I thank you that you have a plan to prosper them, not to harm them. I thank you, Father, that you're going to cause things to happen in their lives that will blow their minds. I thank you for Ephesians chapter three that talks about how you'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think or imagine according to your riches and glory. I thank you, Father God, that you're going to do something in the lives of the people who are watching this message that will blow their minds as they walk in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Listen, if you're watching this message right now and something in your heart compelled you, something in your heart says, I need to know God more, something in your mind clicked as you were watching this message that says, I need God in my life. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I wanna take just a quick moment just to speak to you directly. You're watching this on purpose. You are right where you need to be. The reason you've watched this to the end is because God wants you to be in the family. I wanna invite you into that family. How do I get into the family of God? Easily, you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, the Bible says in the book of Romans, allows you to be a member of the family of God. I want to pray with you if you're watching and you're believing God right now, if he's touching your heart in any way, that you need him more than anything, that you need him in your life. You, you're directionless because he's not there. You don't know where you're going because he's not there. You're spinning your wheels because he's not there. I want to invite him into your heart right now. And all you have to do is agree with this prayer. Father, I thank you for my brothers and my sisters who need you. I thank you right now that you're speaking to them. I thank you right now that you drew them by your spirit through this message. I thank you that they see the need for you in their lives. I pray, Father, that as they confess you, 
Lord Jesus over their lives as they believe in their heart that you died and rose again with all power in your hand. I thank you, Father, that today, this very moment, right now where they're watching, they are saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear more messages like this one. If you like what you heard, please share with your family and friends. Don't forget to connect with us on our website at CourageousChurch.online. Courageous Church, courageous people.